right, what's up everyone? Welcome back to Real Talk NFT. Today, super excited to have one of the first wine club NFTs out there in existence. And with, this, with us today is the CEO, Andrew Allison. Andrew, I'm gonna have you introduce yourself and your project because I would absolutely do not as great a job as you. All right, thanks. Uh, well, it's great to be here. And I'm Andrew Allison. We are Cuvée Collective, and we make wine NFT collections for some of the best wine brands in the world. Yes, uh, you are located in Napa Valley, is that correct? Oh, and someone out there likes wine also. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, that's that's our dog. Um, yeah, so uh, our team is based in Napa Valley, and we are uh, working with wineries in Napa and Sonoma for now. So a majority of the U.S.'s wine is produced in Napa and Sonoma, so that's why it made sense for this to be home base. Uh, but we definitely have interest from wineries around the world that like to work with us. So we're we're looking for a big 2023 growth year. You you are you are Napa currently yourself, right? You reside in Napa. Can you tell yeah. us a little bit about how you got into the space and why did you feel like there was a need for even NFTs to exist for this industry? Yeah, uh, so definitely a couple questions in there. But my background is I grew up in a family of vintners. So mm. my grandparents had Cabernet vineyards. And so nice. that's what the family business was. So we grew and sold Cabernet to a bunch of the Napa wine families, the people that made wines. Mm. And I did my undergrad in school in wine and finance. And then right out of school, I sold a consumer facing app to a liquor distributor. And that was with a, a good friend. And so my good friend and I went on to go become first employees in a mobile ad infrastructure business. And so we had uh, kind of all the makings of knowing wine country from growing up. And then professionally, we had dabbled in the intersection of consumer facing alcohol businesses. And when it came to the Web3 space, I think Web3 technology lends itself to some of the major problems in the wine space that have stopped it from growing. So we think a, a blockchain environment or an open ledger environment really allows some of the long-term systemic problems that the wine industry has always faced around growth and brand building and loyalty. And so we, we see it as a great intersection to be building at. But the blockchain space is huge and the wine space is huge. So we wanted to start off by building these really simple collections so that every brand can introduce their first NFT collection. And every NFT collection for every brand is unique to the brand, but it's really the brand putting its best foot forward. If you were going to buy a package from the brand, what would be their best package? And so we've set it up so that it could be a recurring annual drop, but um, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. But yeah, it, it's all uh -oh. of those things. Uh, yeah, you you, you spit, maybe spill some tea for us there <laughs> upcoming. Yeah, I, I'm I'm actually a Cuvée holder myself and live very close to Napa. So I'm actually in Oakland, which is really close to Napa. I go there every single year. And you said you work exclusively with the vineyards there, some which I've never heard of, and it provide amazing experiences. What what have you found that's been either uh, I was I would say really really receptive from the partners or something that they've learned from Web3 not having, you know, Web3 interface prior? Uh, any, any experiences that you can think of? Um, maybe if we table the brands, I think from a consumer standpoint and, and our love of wine as a team is that we felt that we had an inside insider's eye as to like, what are some of the best wine experiences or what are some of the best wine events that we can get involved with? And so 
growing up and, and now living in Napa, it's very common for myself or anyone on our team to get a call like, hey, I'm coming to Napa. Where should I go? What should I do? And we recognize that with a little bit of curation, we could put some of our favorite experiences into NFT collections and knowing that if you could just ask the right questions and work with the right folks, you could put some really exclusive things into an NFT collection. And so somebody like yourself who lives in Oakland, you might come to Napa maybe once a year or a couple times a year. And you want it to be like a memorable outing. Even if you're just coming for the day, you really, as a consumer, we always wanted to have just a great outing. You don't get to like get together with loved one and loved ones and friends as much as you used to when you were younger. And so by being able to purchase an NFT that is already a curated, fully thought through package for your group size, whether you're going as an individual or you're going as a group of six, there's many things that we've already put together on offer that would just give you a killer, killer a couple hours experience that is non-traditional. And so all of our NFT collections are off menu experiences or access to, to things in the wine industry based on whatever you're looking for. So even if you live from afar, we've still put together some incredible digital tastings that you could purchase as an NFT and you could still experience Napa from say Singapore, where, where I actually um, just spoke to somebody just before this uh, who had purchased one of our NFTs and did a digital tasting. So, you know, there's definitely a, a few ways to go at it, but we're just getting started. 2022 is our business's first year. And we're working with a bunch of incredibly iconic wine brands. And so it's also their opportunity to dabble in experience with reaching new consumers that, um, you know, might not traditionally come through some of their curated uh, tasting experiences. Yeah, no, absolutely. You hit it on the nose. Uh, the, the, uh, off-menu experiences is something that I haven't seen curated before. I, to be honest, when I go to Oakland, I go yearly for the wife's birthday. And we just simply go to a vineyard, we pick one off the map, and we do their tasting. And we haven't seen an off-menu experience like the ones you've curated with your, your partners. Uh, exclusive tastings, you know, behind-the-scenes tours, uh, things of that nature. So that's what really drove me. Another thing that I found very, very interesting about your project early on was that the unwrapping was so easy. It was with a credit card. And I know that you guys work with Flow. How did that relationship come about? Was that something that you experienced previously? Um, was it an outreach? Uh, are you a blockchain expert? <laughs> well, I, I, I think we're all students of uh, anyone building in the blockchain space. But we, we went through a, a, a very simple procurement process. And what we did is we laid out like our, our core values as a business. And then we assessed all the blockchains that we could potentially build on. And we checked them for commercial compatibility with what our goals were. We checked them for value alignment with what our goals were. And then we also spent time with the different partner teams at each of the different blockchains. And I, I think every time we had an opportunity to, to work with somebody else, we just kept coming back to Dapper Labs and the Flow team. And so we've had a really good experience working with Dapper Labs and building on Flow. I mean, we're an indie project. We're building in a space not many people are building in. There are definitely other Web3 builders that are building in wine, but on a, like an aggregate basis, there's not many wine projects. And it, Dapper just had a lot, of the, a lot of the right answers. And uh, when we looked at NBA Top Shot at a, as a comparable NFT project, so two-thirds of NBA Top Shot's audience had come into Top Shot with a credit card. 
and they use Dapper Wallet for all their fiat processing. And we were thinking to ourselves, well, where's our consumer long term? Is our mm-hmm. consumer people that are in Web3 that like wine today? Or is our consumer probably a Web2 consumer that has not been brought into to Web3 yet? And because of that, and because of the success of Top Shot, that was one of the main reasons that we ended up picking Dapper is so that we could have credit card checkout and we use Dapper Wallet on our website and uh, which allows us to just, you know, have people check out with a credit card and Dapper Labs takes care of all of our credit card processing, all of our uh, KYC compliance, all of our anti-money laundering compliance. Mm-hmm. And, and Dapper has been a great over-the-counter solution for a small indie project that's, you know, not, not a you know, stacked with resources. We have not raised the capital other Web3 projects have, but we're generating incredibly meaningful revenue for the size of size of our business. I mean, our team size is, you know, essentially five full time, plus plus some contractors to, to bolster resources when we need them. Amazing. You, you guys definitely have a strong team. Uh, I met uh, Daniele at a bunch of conferences. We actually had him on our YouTube channel. Uh, so amazing team there. Now, you've been out for a while now. Uh, I wouldn't say a while, but in, in the in the landscape of where we're at in today's uh, NFT landscape, you guys are uh, well, very well experienced. You have numerous drops. What uh, consumer insights, metrics, data that you've been most surprised with? Because now you have insight beyond a normal means um, from from a token perspective. Anything interesting that you found of you know from from uh, just consumer usage? Um. I think I'm always pleasantly surprised when I get a chance to talk to customers. And uh, one of the questions I'll commonly ask is uh, what led you to purchase or what was the reason you did not purchase one of our drops? And when you have those conversations, you could think everything that you want, but you need to go into it assuming you don't know anything. And I'm always pleasantly surprised with the answers. Like sometimes I'm like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. And other times I'm like, Oh wow! I had no idea that that was a problem. You were trying to buy it for your mom, and you can't gift it, and like all these other things. So it's like giving us all these ideas on ways that we can optimize user experience in the future. But uh, back to back to your question, uh, I think for the listeners out there, we did our first drop in July, and then starting in September, we we started doing weekly drops, and so every week from September. Uh, up, up through this week, we've done a weekly drop for a new wine brand. And I think going through that process, giving us a lot of reps in terms of repetitions of drops, mm. being able to test price point, quantity, velocity, I, I think we would challenge the norm saying that initially the ego was maybe leading like, hey, we should try to sell out these drops. But then what we actually realized is like, wait a second, we're not going to be able to do a drop for this brand for another 12 months. We need to make sure we include enough NFTs that will give consumers that would like this NFT experience the opportunity to still shop it 12 months from now. So now we're trying to match, you know, 12 months of supply versus, uh, you know, the potential sell through volume. And it's just been a little bit of a mindset shift like wow like okay so now the goal on drop is to try to sell this many nfts out of this total collection and then that gives us a a 90 day sell through you know curve that Mm -hmm. looks like this and a 360 sell through curve that looks like that and so um we definitely have had a mind shift switch um now that we've done 
you know, ballpark a dozen drops. And uh, I think all of those things, now that we have actionable data versus theoretical data, like a lot of, a lot of brands will do, or a lot of NFT collections might do like one drop a quarter or might do one drop ever. And we definitely wanted to see ourselves be in a place where we're really high utility. You're getting great, great value where you might spend 500 or a thousand dollars on one of our NFTs, but it's, it, it's an experience or, or the equivalent of something that you cannot buy. And if you tried to price it out retail wise, it might be 150 or 200% of whatever price you actually pay. But because we've packaged it and put it together with, with a plan, uh, the winery said yes to it because they, they now know that they're going to sell 25 of these or 50 of these over mm-hmm. the course of the year. So they're like, okay, well, we could, we could curate this offering and, and put it together for you, knowing that we're going to do it two dozen times or whatever it is. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think we're, we're just starting to explore and we really don't know what the future has, but we're on to something and, and the customers are loving it. It definitely seems like you're onto something. I, I, on the outside looking in, I thought maybe Napa, where being a, a much older culture of or industry, wouldn't take on as fast as it has done. But you've curated twelve drops and more to come. How has the industry kind of perceived, you know, NFTs or or maybe just Napa? Uh, seems like everyone's liking it, loving it. You've been through uh, some of the wineries have probably hosted a few of these experiences already. Have you gotten much feedback? Yeah, anecdotally, we're hearing some really strong things. We're hearing uh, anywhere from. Uh, there's a little bit of a, a anecdote, but for every dollar spent on the NFT, we're hearing that the consumer that holds the NFT ends up spending two to three dollars uh, mm-hmm. on the first visit. So, so for example, if it's a, a five hundred dollar NFT, they go visit the winery and end up spending maybe a thousand dollars on their first visit, and that's incredible conversions for these wineries, and and it makes it well worth it. Their wineries are not going to be able to retire by doing an NFT collection but they are able to bring in some customers with their best foot forward. And, and Hey, maybe they they'll fall into your wine club because you have put your best foot forward. You're putting your best team forward. And so it, it's really good consumer acquisition for the wineries. And I think the brands are getting really excited about that. And they're also getting an opportunity to sample things outside of their commercial tasting room. And, and the, the big challenge in the wine industry uh, in, at large is that wine clubs are aging out. And so mm. making sure that younger Gen Z millennial consumers are finding wine uh. fun is something that the industry is trying to solve. And that's incongruent with any one tasting room's goals. I mean, you talk to most tasting room managers or most people that are managing P&Ls at wineries, and they're like, yeah, we're trying to do less tastings at higher price points this year because we're trying to elevate the brand. And you're like, well, how, how's that funnel work? So, you know, like it, def, it definitely makes sense, but you got to find a way to onboard Gen Z and millennials. And there's not many folks that are working on that problem set. And it felt like a great problem set for us to start on. Yeah, no, to your point, absolutely. I'm one of those individuals where I seldom go to Napa. Um, but I have this year, this last 365 days, I've experienced for virtual wine tasting, something I've never done before, but I found it quite enjoyable. Is that something that's something that is unique to the Web3 space, I would say, and, and to the times? Is there anything that would further the adoption of um, 
you know, the millennial, the new Gen Z, besides, you know, just Zoom calls, I, I for one gravitated towards your UX, for example, meaning your interface, your Kuvi Collective website, it was something I gravitated to immediately. The moment I saw the hot air balloon, I'm like, wow, give me one of these NFTs because I want to go on a hot air balloon. <laughs> um, so can you speak on any upcoming experiences, any upcoming fun things that uh, might, you guys might be working on? Yeah, I think... You know, we definitely don't have all the answers and I don't know if we have uh, a golden bullet per se, but when we look at what we're, where we're at in our business's sales cycle, we've created NFTs, we've partnered with brands and we've now launched and sold NFTs. Um, we're thinking heavily about NFT utilization and so that we can get that full customer feedback. Hey, you bought the experience, but now that you've used the experience, is, is that in line with what you thought it was? And so we're still very much just like wrapping up our first, you know, quote unquote season. And so we still have a lot of learning and reflecting to do as a business. But we're very fortunate that we've partnered with very mature brands that have incredible tasting room teams and also have very talented staff that uh, have sold wine for very long periods of time. And so when we think about our business, we're thinking about how do we give people their best first trip to Napa? How do we give people their best first experience in a digital tasting? And so just never really losing sight of the end user is something that we spend a lot of sleepless nights thinking about. And so when when we are looking at upcoming components. A lot of Q1, a lot of Q2 is going to be about uh, getting NFTs that have been purchased redeemed so that we can get more customer mm -hmm. feedback. And then also spending time making sure that the NFT collections that have sold incredibly well or are working incredibly well, um, pass those learnings on into other NFT collections. I think we very much are trying to build in the open with our partners and we're very much trying to build in the open with our community. So keeping the community with us along the way and informing which wine brands they'd like to experience, it, it definitely is some aspect of market making from the bringing customers to brands. Awesome. There's, there's so much that, you know, you can do. Sometimes a lot of people rush in and things I'm glad you're taking like a more temperate approach, getting community feedback, what they like. Uh, yeah, that's very, very important. And, and for Web3, that's something that you could get immediate feedback, something that maybe you as a business wouldn't have had in the past because, you know, we're connected within the Discord. We're connected on, you know, different platforms before, uh, more so than ever before. Like, I, who would have thought that I would be on a um, Wine Wednesday uh, on Twitter to call Twitter Spaces, but on Discord, it's just a, um, a, conf a Zoom conference uh, where you get to talk with the vineyard. So, I appreciate you guys really making a ton of effort uh, with the media, bringing, going on site, interviewing the the founders and how they procure these, you know, the grapes and, and make them and all that, everything that you guys do. Yeah, thanks. And oh, the dog agrees. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Wine Wednesday has been been one of our fun community activities, and anyone that checks out your pod should uh, check it, check us out on Wine Wednesdays. We have two left uh, in the month of December for this year, and then we'll start them back up in the new year. But yeah, Wine Wednesdays has been been an absolute blast. We you know get a, a fun little turnout every every Wednesday, and we get to hang out with some really cool people in the wine industry. So hearing what they have to say, hearing what they're up to, and then uh, you know, we quite commonly do a bring your own wine. So yeah, I'm glad you've been able to check out a wine Wednesday, but yeah, wine Wednesdays have been one of the favorite evenings of my week. It's, it, 
it's cool to be a part of the programming. Cool. Awesome. Andrew, I know that we're early in not only Cuvee, but just Web3 in general, right? I think we can all agree on that. And it's going to be so fascinating to have you back because you have deep insight, not in, on, on all levels with the consumers, but with partner brands that you're doing weekly drops with. My God, you, you must be uh, floating with just all the excitement of what you can do and the feedback that you're getting. So we'd love to have you back in the future to talk about all things Cuvee and new experiences that you might have upcoming. Is there anything that you can speak of? I know that there's one tier that's yet to be le- released, right? There's We have the NFT for the Cuvee itself, the partner drops, and I know there's one more level. Yeah, um, I think next year we'll we'll be introducing some new classes of NFTs. We've been very focused this year on wine NFTs, which are these tasting experiences with wineries. Uh, but yeah, stay tuned and join our community at cuvecollective.com where we're, we're, we're putting together a vision for a, a long run with this business. And we think Web3 is just starting in the wine industry and we want to put ourselves right at that intersection and continue to build and uh, you know, have a community that's excited to be in the wine space as well. Absolutely. For all wine enthusiasts, definitely check out Cuvee. I'll put out links all down on the show notes. Thank you, Andrew, so much for hanging out with us. Uh, we'll love to have you back soon. All right. Well, thanks for having me. Cheers.